Well, it is great to be with you guys. Uh, I, first of all, just want to say how much I love and respect and have known your lead pastor, Dan Shields. Uh, him and his wife, Carolina, I've known for 30 plus years. We went to school uh, back in Southern California. And so it's an honor to be with you as we are going through this series. And so uh, I've titled this message something I think, and I hope you all relate to, is who I am who he is, how bad it is, and how good he is. And so I know that we've been going through Ephesians and we've been talking about armoring up. We've been talking about this battle that we're going through. And so we're going to talk about peace. And so I'm excited about bringing this because I believe now more than ever before, we need to understand peace. I mean, I'm, I, it's great to be with you right now as we're on the eve of an election. We're on the eve of uh, the conflict and the craziness that we're going going through as a country, or maybe you, uh, maybe it's not as bad here in Washington as it is in Arizona, but uh, we're like a battle state in Arizona right now. So peace is really important. And so I'm going to walk through kind of the prerequisites before we become and be the gospel of peace. And so it's a, it's a fascinating thing because I think about who we are and how crazy it is. And I think about this word peace. But before we dig in, uh, I want us to pause and take a moment and kind of take a pop quiz. And here's, here it is. How well do I live at peace with others? How well do I live at peace with others? That's your first thing. I mean, don't say it out loud. Don't say it in your living room, wherever you're watching this. But how well do you live at peace with others? How, what grade would I give myself in how I live at peace with others? What kind of grade would I give myself? So not only how well do I live, but what grade would I give? And then thirdly, what does my opinion and influence diet consist of? What does my opinion or influence diet consist of. Basically, what do you watch? What do you consume? Where are you getting all your opinions? Where are you getting all of your uh, your oomph? Where are you getting all the stuff and information that's shaping you to be the person you are? And so uh, uh, don't be annoyed. Uh, uh, don't, don't, don't be upset about this because I'm, I'm going to meddle with you a little bit. You, you may uh, experience a little bit of turbulence as we go through this, but uh, I, I'm excited what Dan has already shared with you because I believe that we kind of go, when we're in this battle, we want certain conditions. We want certain things aligned up. We want things to be, um, dare I say, we want to customize our faith like we customize other things in our life. For example, we all have like a a smartphone and I have an iPhone. And so you have, a, you have your iPhone and you want to customize that iPhone. You want to put things here. You want to put things there. You want to have things a certain kind of way. And uh, I want to have this way. So we compare ourselves to others. We kind of make things the way we would like it. We go, I wouldn't have it that way. I want it this way. So we kind of go through and we do those things. And so we look at things and we make things a certain kind of way. And what happens? We begin to want to customize our faith. And how it starts, it's really funny. We even look at people in the Bible. We look at characters in the Bible. We look at historical figures in our, in our Christianity. And, and we want to customize our, our life like theirs because we say, if, hey, if I'm going to be the gospel of peace, if I'm going to bring the good news of peace, if I'm going to do, I want to be like this particular person. And so the first person I think are really honest, it, it's an axe. 
And I think if we were looking at this guy, we would say, I want to be like him. I want to be just like him. I want to be just like him. And this guy is incredible to think about. And it's Moses. And so in Acts chapter 7, verse 20 through 22, it says this. At that time, Moses was born a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had uh, to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. So if Moses had like name tags, if he had things about him that he would use to describe him, if we looked at this verse, chapter 7, verses 20 to 22, we get a lot of good data from this. And so he, the kind of name tags he wore, for example, he was not ordinary. So he was he was good looking. He was above. He was exceptional. So that's one name tag he wore. He was rich. Uh, he was smart and wise. He was all those things. And he was respected. All those kind. Of, I say this because deep down inside, we need to live in peace. And we're saying, if I was like this guy, of course I would live at peace. I would bring the good news of peace. I would be peace to others because everything will be aligned. I could customize. I could be all that I could be. Everything will be at peace with me so I could have peace with others. But... Here's the thing that we do. We don't really, uh, we have our own stuff. We have our own name tags that we give ourselves. We kind of have things like uh, how good I am, you know, how nice I am, how wonderful I am, how tough I am. We have all those kind of things that we do. And so we have to understand that we're one of the most critical points in the history of the church. I think if the Lord tarries, people are going to look back at the Christians of 2020 and say, what did they do? There's a critical moment in which the church needs to be the church like never before. And we need to understand peace like never before. We need to be peace. And there's a big call for us. And so Moses has that desire in him. Moses has a desire to be that peace at the time that he lived. And so we're going to look at another uh, as we go on in this passage, we're going to look at verse 23. So here is Moses wanting to seek peace. One day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian minute, uh, mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. The next day, he visited them again and saw the two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you ruler and judge over us, he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his sons were born. Moses decides to make a difference. Moses is wanting peace. Moses is trying to reconcile relationships. Moses thinks he's doing well and things don't go the way that he thought it should go. Moses now finds himself in a situation where things didn't go the way he thought. And Moses now finds himself not experiencing all the good name tags, but rather Moses is experiencing a different 
kind of name tag. In fact, you could say that he was certain. He was certain over. He, he was certain that he, what he was doing was right. And so certainty makes us miss the bigger picture. See, we're so convinced with so so many things. We could go out and do things, and we're confident and we're certain of it, and it cannot go the way. But it help. It makes us really miss the bigger picture. See, we're certain about so many different. Think about what you were certain about earlier this year. You were certain there was going to be a March Madness. You were certain that the Lakers were going to win the NBA championships in June. Oh, wait, they did. Anyway, but you were certain about so many different things. You were certain about so much, but your certainty helped you miss the bigger picture. See, all those things that now Moses is experiencing, now those name tags are different. His, his name tag is, hello, my name is not enough. Hello, my name is not dependable. Hello, my name is loser. Hello, my name is deadbeat. We know we need to be peace. But you know who else knows? Our adversary. Our adversary knows that we need to be peace. He knows what Christians are called to be. So what he does, he begins to make a mess of our life. He begins to pick away. You become public enemy number one. You're put in the crosshairs and things begin to not go the way that you wanted it to go. And you experience, ladies and gentlemen, what I call, what we call shame. Shame enters into your life. Shame is that stronghold. Shame is that ugly, insidious, calculating, downright nasty thing that is placed in your mind that you begin to experience, you begin to feel, and you begin to feel less than. We focus in on our differences instead of what we share. And we begin to dehumanize because we're so unhappy. We're so uneasy. We're such a mess. We can't see things clearly. See, shame is just, is so nasty because it's more than what I have done. It's who I believe myself to be. But what if I told you, you were right where God wants you to be? Yeah, I know. We, we like the, the great things. We like the, the highlight reel. We like when things go well. We like when things are going our way. But what if I told you in your mess, in your disappointment, in your shame, God has you right where you need to be? See, the American church is the most informed. The American church is the most equipped, the most researched, arguably one of the most powerful churches in the history of our church, if you really think about it. But yet, we are distracted, we are discouraged, we are apathetic, we are ineffective, we are complicit with so many things going on in our world. But yet, Matthew chapter 5 verse 9 says this, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. See, God wants us to be used by him. Do you really believe that blessed are those who are peacemakers? Do you really believe that God blesses those, God blesses those who work for peace? See, we often get so distracted, so discouraged, and have that shame overwhelmed us. We forget two important things, that God has always used messed up, jacked up, and broken people. God has always done that. And as we read this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, 
for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. What are you going to stand for? What are you going to put on your feet? In a battle, when you keep your feet, that's a very important. You need to be able to have a good, firm foundation. You need to have a firm way of holding and, and being able to absorb things by what you put on your feet. You need traction. Most discovered something later in life about traction. And so 